Arboria. Welcome to Yeah, But the Podcast. My name is Vivian Gabor, and I have the distinct pleasure or or just the wonderful chance to sit down with one of New York's favorites. Um, <laughs> y'all give it up for Ava Garbage. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. One of New York's somethings. <laughs> one of New York's somethings. How are you? <laughs> I'm great, actually. Like, I feel like, I don't know when this will be airing, but as of right now, it's late April, and I, like, see the light at the end of the tunnel of, like, mm. the quarantine ending, you know? Like, we, I dipped into a really dark place last May, and, like, to look at May 2021 versus May 2020, I, like, see the horizon. I'm like, it's not dark. Like, I'm coming out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, oh, I finally got, I got my second dose two days ago. Mm-hmm. of the Moderna. I'm one of the Moderna crew, whatever our name is. Uh, my roommate got lucky and got the Pfizer, so they're cool and I'm not, I guess. Oh god. Uh, it's like an iPhone versus Android thing? <laughs> yeah. I and then Johnson and Johnson like people are like out there. Um, <laughs> well, I'm cheap, so I only got one Johnson. Oh, that's all you have to get with a Johnson and Johnson. Oh, <laughs> No, I, not, not the Johnson and Johnson, Johnson, just a Johnson. <laughs> New York something. I'm, <laughs> I'm awake. I no, promise I, I can get jokes now. Um, <laughs> I like overbooked myself, like dating back to like October. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll take on so, so much. And then like come <laughs> April, I was so busy. I wasn't able to book my appointment. So my first appointment is the 30th. Okay. I wasn't able to like book one before that. So I'm planning on the 30th and then like three weeks from then. So like June, June, the first week of June, I'll be like fully vaccinated. So I'll be hey, good. You'll be ready for life. Pride. Yeah, coming out. Or whatever, you know? whatever Pride we have. Let's go to Cherry Grove. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, it was, it was this weird feeling because I felt like my first, um, my first dose was like so emotional and I like cried and I was like, oh my God, finally. And then the second dose was like, can you, can you just do it? Like, <laughs> it was yeah. so anticlimactic. Sat there for 15 minutes, had no symptoms, went home, and that was it. And now May 7th, I'm good to go. Yeah, it's so interesting to think about, like, I mean, usually it takes, like, a two- to three-year period for, like, vaccinations to get out on the market, testing, mm-hmm. rollout, you know, pricing and things. And this was done in six months, so, like... Just like what a world we live in. The people are like, you're going to get a blood clot and a brain hemorrhage and you, if you get the Johnson & Johnson <laughs> shot. And I read this article that's like, you're statistically more likely to die at Radio Shack yeah. than to have complications from a pneumonia. <laughs> or like, it's well, like so and on top weird. of that, people were like, oh, it can't be good because it only took six months. And it's like, except it's related to another vaccine, the SARS vaccine that they've been working on for like over a decade. Yeah. So like... <laughs> 
it makes sense that they were able to just be like, okay, the science is close enough that we can fix it, change a couple things, and here you go. <laughs> and like the um, any complication from the vaccine doesn't compare to the death ratio of yeah. actually getting COVID. So right. Well, but and- then you have all these faggots that are like, I'm on Sudafed, come in me, and I'm like, what what world are we living in? Wow. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, the COVID That'll vaccine probably is gonna cut. be it's gonna be straight people's prep the like i have it now i can do everything there are no consequences anymore Mm. pop poppers for straight people (laughs) i mean the the exciting thing for me about it was that um they have you seen the articles about how they've been able to take the research done for this vaccine and apply it to the hiv vaccine i have i have i have which is so So amazing so exciting but i've always said if heterosexuals were getting hiv at the rate that we were we would have had a vaccine in the 80s oh yeah it would have been yeah absolutely well we just gotta we gotta get everyone not hooked on coke anymore and switch them over to heroin and then things will move faster (laughs) i don't mean that i don't for legal reasons that was a joke i mean in the midwest i'm from the midwest and there's like an opiate pandemic right now where are you from i'm from ohio originally i've been in new york for like 14 years but i'm from like the cleveland area oh cool i know literally nothing about ohio Um, i'm happy that i grew up there it gave me like a really nice like sense of um I don't want to say morality because that's not the right word, but there's like an ease of like conversation with strangers that I enjoy. It's easy mm-hmm. for me to like strike up a conversation and like I'm I'm genuinely invested in the well-being of other people. Like in yeah. New York, like you're like so you've got so much shit on your plate that you, it's hard to like <laughs> think about anybody else. So you're so like focused. But in Ohio, things are slower. And I liked um like I don't think I would ever want to raise children here my kid's gonna be like 12 and they're like oh i'm in connecticut come get me and i'm like what the fuck how did you get there (laughs) but like i like like i miss ohio in the summer like i miss like the drive-in movie theater i miss cedar point i miss like the flea market like all those trash things you know like the county fair (laughs) but i left you know i left for a reason so yeah i'm honestly jealous as someone who runs a podcast i wish it was easy for me to talk to strangers that's why like everyone on the podcast is a friend of mine because i'm like i don't know how to talk to people i don't know because i grew up in seattle and the 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 seattle freeze is a real thing like Mm -hmm. yeah it's like four months right well no like if there's some if you see someone you don't know in seattle you just don't talk to them yeah like you look at the ground, you walk, oh. you walk quickly. Not, not like Seattle being actually. <laughs> okay, see now I feel better about not getting the Johnson and Johnson joke. Somebody asked me the other day. I was on stage and somebody was like, "What does the P and PhD stand for?" And I was like, "Oh, what? <laughs> like I had a fucking brain fart." And I was like, uh, "Philanthropy." <laughs> stands for philosophy. Yeah, but I was okay. like, "Uh, psychiatry. Uh, pharmacy." Uh, and I couldn't think of it. Just like that um, moment when you're like put on the spot and like your brain shits itself and like. <laughs> why was someone offers. asking you about PhDs at a show? We were doing like trivia. Like oh, I was like, did someone have a doctorate at the show? <laughs> they were bragging. I was oh, like, Mr. And they were like, um, actually, it's doctor. And I was like, I'm sorry, Dr. White privilege. <laughs> okay, to be fair, if I had a PhD, I would do that to everyone just because <laughs> it takes so fucking long to get that degree that I'd be like, no, we're going to use this honorific now. <laughs> yeah, it's actually drag queen. Thank you. Drag queen garbage. <laughs>
D, um, excuse me, DQ. Uh, <laughs> Dairy Queen, mama. <laughs> oh, I miss Dairy Queens. I miss doing well on a test or something and your parents taking you to get a blizzard. Yeah. Or oh. like um, if you got like all A's on your report card, we would go to Chuck E. Cheese. <gasps> oh my God, Chuck E. Cheese. That's like one of those things that I forget exists until someone brings it up. And I'm like, oh my God, why did that exist? But also I'm so glad it did. Why not? I mean, like what a period of time. Cause like now <laughs> it's all like video games and like there's no ball pit. <laughs> You know, but like Charles Entertainment Cheese was my <laughs> jam. I was little. Also, for, for the listeners out there, if you hear like things dropping or hear people talking, don't worry. It's okay. I'm not being robbed. We have someone moving in today and I'm a poor planner. So uh, <laughs> you you will live. I'm actually being robbed at the moment. I'm locked <laughs> in my room and I got on this podcast. Instead of calling 911. <laughs> I mean, perfect. I will absolutely help you by just sitting here staring at you. I'm like Sydney and Scream, but like scary movie. I'm like 911, <laughs> white person in trouble. <laughs> um, so, so speaking speaking of starting drag, speaking of all of that kind of stuff, where did that come from for you? Because you have such a specific style of drag that I literally have seen zero people doing other Thank than you. you. I don't know if that was a compliment, but um, I it absolutely is a compliment. No, it's completely a compliment. Um, where did that come from? How did how did you invent that? I mean, do you want the long story or the? Short I would story? love the long story. So, I mean, growing up in Ohio, I crawled kicking and screaming out of trash. Like, I came from a town with like there was like a woolly bear festival, which is like a caterpillar. Um, there were like corn <laughs> festivals, the county fair, you know, like deep fried Snickers. So I've always oh joked God, about like dream. crawling out of trash. But when I was a young child, my goal in life was to grow up to become April O'Neil from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh my God. Like I didn't want, when the, all the other kids were like, I'm Leonardo, I'm Raphael. I was like, I'll be April. <laughs> and the damsel in distress. So I was like obsessed with the Ninja Turtles, big fan. And they always used to do action figure lines where they were like uh, the turtles in the wild west, the turtles in space. And one of them was, the turtles Any way to as... get through capitalism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How can we get as much money as possible out of these people? <laughs> um, and one of the lines was the turtles as the Universal Studios horror monsters. Oh my so god! So it was like Donatello was Dracula, Leonardo was um, the creature from the Black Lagoon, and April O'Neil was the Bride of Frankenstein. So oh I was the only like little kid in like kindergarten that was like going to Blockbuster and renting like Frankenstein and the Bride of Frankenstein and Dracula. Everybody else is like watching cartoons. And I was obsessed mm -hmm. with these horror monsters. To this day, still, I'm still obsessed, obsessed with Frankenstein. And um, I mean, I've always loved toys. I've always loved dolls. And at some point, like I used to make action figures and dolls. Like if you oh, wanted cool. like... A, a, to become a superhero or if you wanted a drag queen doll of you i would make it i'm making my best friend's wedding cake topper for her wedding that's so cool but um mattel who's like the makers of barbie they created this doll line called monster high which was like mm -hmm. dracula's daughter in high school frankenstein's daughter medusa's son and my best friend who worked at nickelodeon at the time was like if you could create or conceptualize a new monster who would you make and i was like fuck if i know like everything's already been invented like there's a blob there's an alien there's a wolf yeah. you know like everything's been done nothing's original so i was like really racking my brain and i was like 
you know what like i was like i want to make a female because there's like the bride of frankenstein and and the daughter of dracula but like there's no agency for women so i was like Mm -hmm. what if i made like like the trash queen and she like lives in the sewer and she like controls rats and cockroaches and she makes all of her clothes out of like trash and her hair oh her hair's mops you know and she like throws syringes and then i was just like yeah that's really cool like that's a good concept it's like really forward thinking it's like really avant-garde and i was like oh what about like avant-garbage so i started designing this doll avant-garbage with like mop hair and then i was like you know what i know how to cosplay i know how to make costumes i know how to like reroute doll hair and i'm six foot one so if i just multiply all these proportions by six like i can become the trash queen and i just started making mop wigs and I started making these like really out there costumes out of trash and it just really took off I had no idea that that was what my calling was going to be like Mm -hmm. I used to do stand-up comedy I used to model and like nothing really fulfilled me but then it all just kind of came together in this one package and I say like that she found me like I was directionless I had no idea what I was doing and like avant garbage found me and was like here's an automobile and I need a driver (laughs) and like I'm like she's the car and I'm like driving but like Uh (laughs) so yeah it all started with the Ninja Turtles and April O'Neil I mean my aunt owned a costume shop so it kind of started there too I used to like sneak down into the costume shop and like play with all the props try on everything Um, so I've always loved like Halloween and macabre so you kind of see like the over the top costuming and the spookiness of it yeah I love that wait okay backing up for a second though so you said that you did stand-up comedy and modeling was that in new york yeah i used to model back when i was living in ohio in college and i originally moved here to model but i was also doing stand-up but i was like it wasn't very mentally healthy for me because i was like at the height of my anorexia Mm. and i was with this agency and they wanted me to fly to germany to be in german gq which would have been like my launching point as like a supermodel, yeah. not a supermodel, but like, you know, like a, like a well-paid runway model. And I was like, I was like, if I do this, like I will literally eat myself alive. I will literally like mm. kill myself. And I was like, this is not good for me. I can't do this. Like I, and I backed out, you know, mm. it was, it might've been a mistake. I don't think it was, it just wasn't meant to be at the time. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't good for me. Yeah. And I was doing stand up, which I was really good at. I was, I think, I was really good at stand-up, but after a while, stand-up really made me depressed because nobody wanted to come to stand, like come to comedy and like hear anything good about your life. Like they Mm. wanted to hear about the shitty things you went through so they could (laughs) feel better about themselves. And they would, I would walk out on stage and they would almost be like, like, I challenge you to make me laugh. Mm -hmm. And it was an uphill battle. And then I started like, as, as people were like laughing more and I was like, you know uh, chasing that dragon for applause like my favorite now sound is is laughter mm-hmm. i started to realize that like they liked the negative things in my life so then i started to only see the negative things in my life mm-hmm. so i was like i have to get out of this too but then drag is like i feel like i'm already winning because like people love the like what i look like so like they're already on my side i get to do the stand up i get to do the modeling but it's not me modeling it's not me doing stand-up it's avant garbage doing modeling it's avant garbage mm-hmm. doing stand-up so like she's just this like character vessel that i can have while yeah. still utilizing my talents i feel like so oh, i'd say like a month was it like a month back month and a half ago when people on 
um on twitter we're talking about how like oh the the failed um drama degrees for they were talking about drag race and how it oh yeah like, like weaponizing you've weapon yeah weaponizing your your bachelor of arts degree um i feel like honestly it's kind of the opposite of that in that a lot of us who go into the arts are generally good at multiple forms of art and we find we generally find it so hard to to uh, what's the word i'm looking for funnel funnel our creative energy into like the one that we've chosen that that's going to be our career and that's the beauty of drag is that we get to do all of it all at once we get to paint we get to costume design we get to perform we get to do comedy we get to do all of these different things and then which is why i always find it funny when like i recently started selling trying to trying to sell paintings um and things like that and people are like wait you can paint wait but you make costumes wait but you style hair i'm like it shouldn't be that it shouldn't be that um weird for for drag queens to be able to do more than one form of art you know no that's a really positive spin to put on it um i kind of see both sides of it like i'm totally self-taught in everything in makeup mm -hmm. and costume design and, and everything i'd never went to school for any of this i wish i had i wish my parents had like uh, encouraged me more to pursue some type of like design but i also i never wanted to be an actor I was always mm -hmm. like in community theater, but I never moved to New York to like get a headshot and do the casting couch and all that bullshit. But I do see some people where it's like, your aspiration was to be on Broadway mm -hmm. and it didn't happen. So you kind of, I see both sides to it. I don't want to say anything that will like come back <laughs> to bite. No, I get what you're saying though. And I think, I think, it can start out that way for a lot of people. And I don't think that's bad. I think any way that we can find to express ourselves creatively is good. Um, mm -hmm. But I've seen a lot of people start that way and then just kind of blossom and really grow into it. And I think that's kind of what that debate was about, about whether you really grow out of that stage of like being a defunct wannabe per Broadway performer or not. And I, yeah. I, I will say, if you are a drag queen, you are giving up a lot of privileges because nobody in the mm -hmm. gay community wants to fuck a drag queen. Well, that and it's hard to find actual acting jobs. Like, even when they're like, we want to cast a drag queen, all of a sudden it becomes, OK, but we also want you to have this many Instagram followers and we want you to like do this. Yeah. And we want you to do this. So it's like. They just so want to cast Shangela. Yeah, <laughs> or Trixie and everything. That's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I never get hit on more than when I have my beard and when I don't shave my chest, you know, and like mm -hmm. there's just this like still toxic masculinity and there's this like patriarchy rampant in the queer community. So like if I didn't love what I did, mm -hmm. I wouldn't do it. You know, Absolutely. I genuinely love Avant and I could be single for the rest of my life and I could be completely fine with her as my partner over somebody <laughs> who doesn't support me, you know? Oh, yeah. But it's, I, it's, it's difficult to like date and things like that in the community. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I have I have been 
guilty of saying that I'll never date a drag queen, but my reasoning is always because three personalities is enough to deal with. I don't need a fourth in there as well. Yeah, I don't think I could date a drag queen only because of space. Truth. I have oh two people in my one bedroom as it is, you know, like, yeah. her, and, and Avant has more stuff than I do. Like, she's taken over. Mm-hmm. So I would need like a three bedroom if I were dating another drag queen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When they, when I see articles or like hear things, hear interviews where they're like, you should never work in the place where you sleep. And I'm like, well, that's not yeah. going <laughs> to That's great if you're out in Minnesota, but like. <laughs> In New York, I'm talking about lofting my bed and turning like underneath <laughs> yeah. my bed into like my my filming space, you know. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could afford a studio, an art studio. Oh it's my just... god, that's the dream, the absolute dream. When I was I was visiting London back in 2019, and I was assisting a designer over there, um, and he was like, "Just meet me at my studio," and I was like, "You're." excuse me (laughs) and he wasn't at that point now he's doing very well for himself but at that point he was still kind of gaining steam so Mm -hmm. like he didn't have tons of income but he had a studio and it was like so even in london people can afford studio spaces what is wrong with america (laughs) where should we start (laughs) (laughs) truth there's so many things wrong with america i watched this documentary the other day about um how statistically by 2025 china is going to become the world's like superpower and like america is going to like fall very quickly very dramatically very quickly like we're literally witnessing the fall of rome i mean it it makes sense every empire falls and we we've seen it time and time again in history and we've seen the 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 signs of it happening Mm -hmm. um i mean i've i've been saying that since like high school that were like the the clock is ticking on america like yeah like the watchman doomsday clock right when's our weimar era when are we gonna collapse like (laughs) what's that saying that's like you're only i'm paraphrasing but it's like it's you're only as good as you treat your worst Mm. and like here we're just like oh you're homeless and mentally ill we're going to murder you like that's it like i saw an article that was like, like marijuana legalization and then right. like people are still serving prison sentences for like drug charges in the 90s like it's it's oh, fucking insane that was a big deal so when they when they legalized marijuana in washington i was still living over there and they made no provisions in the law for releasing people who are on marijuana charges in prison um who are mostly people of color because the of white course. people would just get passed over um meanwhile there were um, pot dispensaries opening up in traditionally black neighborhoods, all run by white people. Mm-hmm. And now that no, it like was 80- legal, it was totally okay. And it was, it, it frustrates me to no end that those people are still sitting in prison for literally no reason. They shouldn't have been in prison in the first place. Yeah, the legal marijuana um, industry earned like $17 billion last year, or I think mm-hmm. it was 2018. And 80, I think it was 83% of like business owners in the marijuana community are white people. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, it's so f- yeah. fucking, it's so fucked up. I mean, the only people that did it kind of right was Colorado because they, they designated that the taxes collected from marijuana sales go to education. And I was like, that's literally the smartest thing anyone's done so far. <laughs> Yeah. 
Well, I mean, Good that's America's like, okay, the first thing to get cut is public education. Yeah. Because you want to keep the poor stupid, you know? Yeah. You oh, don't no, want no, them you, to absolutely. up to like the inequality of like, that. and I, I almost have to be like, good job you did it yeah you completely duped us all like mm-hmm. you did it good for you I, like, well like but it's my, just depressing so my like, let's, mom... no, let's move on to a different subject <laughs> <laughs> i mean i was just gonna say my mom was a a teacher in the seattle public school district um for a long time and so i grew up with that influence um and then I had a lot of friends who, of course, were education majors and stuff and talking about how to create curriculum um, and finding out that in World War II, they literally changed the curriculum to make sure that people were only able to learn and think enough to be factory workers, but not learn how to question things rationally or how to be logical, because anything more than that and people are not as okay with sitting at a desk for 20 12 hours a day with low pay people start asking questions people start rising up you start getting revolutions when you educate um because people know what's right at that point and so it's easier for a government to keep people stupid because then you get what we have now (laughs) but uh I'm sorry, I think my internet's cutting out. I think it's me. No worries. I can I can fix it. Back into a world where like eleven year olds are in the cold mine coal mines and like canaries are dropping left and right, you know? Right. Am I back? You're back. I'm you sorry. Back. I think my internet's cutting in and out. No, you're fine. It's uh in this world of pandemic where we cannot be in person for interviews, people just have to, you know, deal. <laughs> well i'm also like dealing with spectrum which is like the worst fucking mm. internet i've ever had in my life oh same it's terrible same we pay for like the best internet i don't know what it is if it's new york if it's astoria i don't know we pay and I, I just know that we pay for the best internet and i'm on the other side of the apartment from the router and i have the worst connection it's the weirdest thing good old mm-hmm. new york we and you know you. I'm such an avid video gamer. Video gaming's like my my escape from the world, and I can't even play video games online. Like I can't play I can't play Smash Brothers. <laughs> you know it's terrible. Wait, okay, so video games. Let's go there because I haven't had a conversation about gaming since. Oh God, it must have been like episode three or four. It's been a long time. So tell me, tell me about gaming. Tell me why you're into it. Tell me what games you play. Tell me all the things, because I'm the worst. Oh, really? Games. Yeah. Um, I love video games, and it clearly started when I was younger. Um, I was an only child. I was a really lonely kid. I had a very fantastical mind, very, like, hyper-imagination. Um, and video games and action figures. Like, action figures and dolls were, like, my friends because i had no friends mm. and video games were like a method <laughs> of escape and i remember i was too young to play metroid on the nintendo the original nintendo mm-hmm. but i was watching my cousin play at, and this was before like there was a save system or maps like you had to like enter a password to like go back and like you had to like hand draw the maps for the, the the world you know it was like 
it was before the internet kids <laughs> and i remember watching him and i remember when samus took her helmet off and it was revealed that she was a woman and i was like i'm gay <laughs> <laughs> pre-puberty like like totally was just like that's the moment but i've always loved video games i've always had like super nintendo sega genesis like and i i think what i like most about gaming is like multiplayer gaming because it's so like it's community building to me in a weird way even though i was a, an only child um but I've, it's just something that i've always had and video games are like something that i've acclimated into my drag now as well like when i won the miss nerd new york pageant i played i challenged the judges to smash brothers on stage and i beat all of them while doing commentary i love that um i used to compete in smash brothers tournaments like i don't have the time for it now but um, I love that game. Like first person shooters. My favorite style of gaming is Metroidvania, which is like Castlevania Metroid, where it's like um, 2D, but you have to like unlock. There's like passageways that you can't get to until later in the game. And then you have to like get an upgrade to like knock down a wall to go through that wall to find another play. It's like an escape the room, but a video game. Oh my God, I would go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but I just love gaming. And I think, especially now, like during the quarantine, people really latched onto it because you could still have that sense of community even though you're trapped mm -hmm. in your apartment but yeah. i love how like mobile nintendo's made gaming i play on the train or at least i did when i was commuting all the time um i think it's just a, a nice talent to have in your back pocket you know a talent like the drag I queen at a frat have. party and i'm like i'll kick your ass at smash <laughs> brothers <laughs> you have plenty of talents that i don't have though that's i mean okay i guess i uh i love telling people because it's like a, a it's it's kind of a, a center of pride for myself where i am so bad at video games that i couldn't even pass the tutorial level of banjo kazooie mm -hmm. um <laughs> like that's how bad i am like at one point in the tutorial they turn you from a bear into an ant and you have to like climb a hill and i couldn't climb a hill and i was just like i just i give up i'm done <laughs> one of my favorite gaming story ever so i was in college um and i went to college in southern ohio which is like the closer you get to kentucky like whoa get the <laughs> fuck out and i for some reason i was an english major but i was i got stuck on the engineering floor which was like the dungeons and dragons kids like the nerdy mm -hmm. kids who like i can totally roll with but I was like flagrant homosexual in Southern Ohio. So they were like, I want nothing to do with him. Yeah. And I was like, no, I know about, um, I know about the paladin class in Dungeons and Dragons too, except <laughs> me, you know? So these were all like video gaming nerds. And one day I walked past the common room and I noticed that they were all playing Super Smash Brothers Melee on the GameCube. Mm -hmm. And I like walked by and I kind of like stuck my head in and I like went to my room, like dropped off all my stuff. And I came back and I was like, what are you guys doing? And they're like playing a game. And I was like, oh, can I play? And they were like, well, you have to pay. They were paying to play like as a bracket. And then the winner won. Mm -hmm. So like, um, I think it was like $10 to enter. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, well, can I watch? And they're like, yeah, whatever. So I was just like sitting on the couch, kind of out. And I was like, oh, it's like Mortal Kombat. And they're like, yeah. And if you've ever played Smash Brothers, like Smash Brothers is unlike any other fighting game. Like in Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter, 
you have 100% health and every time you get hit, your health deteriorates a little bit until you're at zero. Mm-hmm. And in Smash Brothers, you start at zero and the higher your percentage gets, the more likely you're, you are to be knocked off stage. And the stage is a square. So once you go outside of that square, you're, you lose a, a life. Um, no one ever explained that, that to but me. It's like and the opposite now that of... game makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah. In Smash Brothers, you want to be on the stage at all times. Not really. Like, you can play off the stage a little bit if you're really good, but like, you don't want to die. You have a recovery move, like, be on the stage. So I was like, oh, it's like Mortal Kombat. It's like that when you're playing chess and you're like, where does the horse move? You know, it's like a bait, like you're like a pool shark. So I'm watching and I was like, oh, you can play Princess Peach? And they're like, yeah, you stupid faggot. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I think I want to play. And they're like, it's 10. They're like, it's $10. And I was like, oh, I don't care if I lose $10. I just want to play. And I entered the contest and I ended up like smoking the shit out of them. I won like $250 and I beat oh like God. 25 other people. <laughs> and they, they respected me after that, you know? And then I was like playing Halo with them and like we were playing like City of Heroes and shit. Like, but I had to like prove myself, you know? Mm-hmm. But had I not been nerdy and been into video games, like I'm like the gateway drug for homosexuals. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, let's play video games and go hunting. And then I'll talk to you about poppers. <laughs> I mean, however you got to get in there, you <laughs> go for it. I'm Halo, I'm terrible at. I only like using a grav hammer and just hitting things until I die. Um, that's Halo, my special it's, just, it, it's, Halo. it's the three headshots with the pistol. Pop, pop, pop. Yeah, I, I've never been. I don't, I think my, my kill ratio on Halo is zero. Like I, I, I don't think I've ever gotten anyone on that game. Like I'm sure you've gotten just, at least one. I seriously doubt it. And we played a lot in college. Uh, you probably cause... shot somebody in the arm and then they accidentally <laughs> fell off the map. I think that counts. <laughs> I mean, okay, that may have happened. <laughs> My freshman year of college, we um we were in a weird dorm. So I went to a small private school, and one of one of the like setups for dorms was there were three or four buildings there are now only three they knocked one of them down that each housed 20 people but they were all single rooms so as a freshman in a single room it was wonderful um but then because they were all single rooms all of us would like sit in the common room all the time because we hated being completely alone as a freshman and we were all kind of just like the rejects anyway like the weirdos um so they like the best people Oh, yeah. So they like brought all their gaming systems out of their rooms and like set them all up in the in the um, common room. And we had like multiple screens going. Um, And so every once in a while, they would let me sit down and and play Halo with them. Um, And they would also do like LAN parties. Are LAN parties even a thing anymore? Do you have to do that anymore? Because it's all online anyway. I don't know. Actually. I honestly don't understand land parties enough to, to know if it's I'm sure. different from online gaming. Yeah, I'm not much of a PC gamer. There was a period in college where I like dabbled a little bit, um, mm-hmm. but it was not. I'm more of a console gamer. Um, I don't know, actually. I'm sure the connection's better if you're not on the internet and you're like involved in some type of cable. I'm also, for all my video game knowledge, I am a technophobe. I'm like, oh, my computer's not working. Let me let me pour water on the keyboard and hopefully it'll fix itself. <laughs> I just oh, keep same. hitting F5 and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> like, 
Oh yeah, people keep telling me that I need to record this podcast via um, Discord, and I'm like, I don't, I don't understand it. Zoom is. I'm I'm in Discord at the moment. Well, you'll have to tell me how to use it because that's no. I mean, personally, my personal life, I'm in a Discord. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that I agree with. But people are like, yeah, you should use this new technology thing, and I'm like, no. In the beginning of quarantine, I tried to get on Twitch and I tried to like have Avant Garbage play like Smash mm-hmm. Brothers on Twitch and my internet was so shitty. I just couldn't make it happen and I gave up. I tried doing that because I play The Sims 4. That's my game because I'm Fun. that kind of person. Uh, I'm that I haven't played The nerd. Sims in years. The Sims 4, the current? Yeah, it's the current one. It's been around since 20... Oh, I'm going to get this wrong and people are going to hate me. I think it's been around since 2015. What does The Sims 4 even look like now? Because I played The Sims on Super Nintendo. Um, did you play the original Sims? I don't can't even tell you. I don't even know. <laughs> I mean, if it was Super Nintendo, it was probably the original Sims. It looks very, very, very different. Well, um, yeah, I'm assuming it's kind of a it's kind of a cartoony kind of a style, but not. It still looks sort of realistic. Will you do me a favor after this? Will you take uh-huh. a screenshot of your Sim and send it to me? Oh yeah, I mean. Yeah, I'll just I'll pull up the game and do it. But do you have uh, Gina in there? Uh, not in The Sims. No. At some point, so I could just envision you throwing <laughs> Gina in the pool and taking away the ladder. Okay, that is so hard to do in four <laughs> though. Like they they basically have to to die in a pool. Like they have to make it their choice to die in a pool at this point. Like. You have, in order to do it, you have to not only take the ladder out, but Sims can like hoist themselves out of the pool now, just like on the side. Push them back. The only way to do it is to build a wall literally right around the pool so that they cannot get out. It's so much harder to do it versus like The Sims 2, where you could like put them in a pool, take the ladder out, and they die in a minute. Yeah. It's a lot harder to kill a sim in the sims 4 like this game's a lot more kid friendly (laughs) they have Um, like um sentient choice like they do not choose this (laughs) you can turn it off you can you can turn it off so that they can't choose to do things on their own but then it gets annoying because you have to tell them every time they have to go to the bathroom and it's like no i don't oh shit that's some tamagotchi shit right there (laughs) <laughs> right i remember recent not recently but maybe like a decade ago like there was a controversy that you could make your sims gay can you do that um so sims so th- that's one thing i love about the sims 4 is um there's no such thing as sexual preference in the sims 4 everybody's pan. All. everyone's pan you can you can be with whoever you want to be with and you can so the sims 3 was kind of like that only it was the first person you woohooed with was the sex that you were going to be attracted to. Like you kind of chose at that point and then it, it stuck. Mm. The Sims 4, it doesn't matter. You can flirt with and woohoo with anyone. Love that. Love that. Um, you could even so be married and then like have how... boyfriends and girlfriends on the side as long as they don't know about each other. But <laughs> well, I mean, in the next iteration, then it'll be like they'll know about each other and they'll be okay with it. It's crazy to think about like how many teenagers now like identify as like on the bisexual spectrum or like it's amazing. 
yeah i'm like where was this when i was younger but like <laughs> good job you know yeah let's just keep proving that that hokey 1970s statistic wrong it's not one in ten it's more like nine and ten <laughs> like, yeah like after a couple of drinks in the dark i'll fuck a birdhouse <laughs> If the birdhouse consents, like that's all well, that matters. I think that I think the the controversy that you were probably thinking of is in The Sims Four, they can also be quote unquote trans, um, in that they added choices so that when you're like creating your sim, you can choose: do they pee standing up or sitting down? Like they don't go into genitals at all. Wait, just... okay, you do drag. Can I ask you a personal question? Yeah. Do you pee standing up or sitting down? I usually sit down just because I'm lazy as fuck. <laughs> I, I started peeing sitting down when I was doing drag because it was just huh. easier to like untuck and get everything out of the way and like petticoats and all that shit. And then after a while, I was like, this is comfortable. It's like yeah. a nice little break. <laughs> I don't and know why anyone like, doesn't like, like... I know some men, they're like fire hose dicks like spraying all over the wall yeah. i'm like why would you do this anymore like it's cleaner like so i only pee sitting down now yeah like i'm like just... one i'm one day away from um never needing a partner <laughs> i think i think my my sitting down while i pee actually started when i was working in retail because going to the bathroom is like your break like you 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 get your normal break but you also can go to the bathroom every once in a while so like you can turn that into like a five to ten minute break if you just sit down and it's like escape from the customers for a while maybe it's a gay thing it's like um iced coffee walking fast and peeing sitting down <laughs> probably i mean did honestly. you see that thing recently where that woman was like this woman like wrote into like a dear abby column and she was like I'm doing my husband's laundry and I noticed that he had all of these streaks in his underwear and I confronted him about it and he said he didn't wipe his ass because that was gay. And I was like, how fucking like fragile male mask like masculinity do you have to be to not even wipe your fucking ass because you're afraid I... that makes you gay, you fucking idiot. Like beyond that just the the hygiene level of straight guys and i have to be careful now because our new roommate moving in is straight so i have to be like uh oh we we have to to warm him up to the, <laughs> the uh -oh. well already or not i don't think you're not the gateway gay <laughs> Ooh, oh no not with these wigs on this wall um uh -oh. but uh no i just i, just, I recently had this revelation too no go for it oh go ahead oh i like i when i i mean i grew up in a time period where like it was like almost shameful to be gay so i had mm -hmm. like that baggage for a long time and i was dealing with my own like toxic masculinity is the only way i can put it and mm -hmm. just recently i was just like thank god i'm gay yeah i'm so happy i'm fucking queer like yeah. straight people are so boring yeah <laughs> And I'm, it's just like, so I'm like, I'm fucking cool. Like, I'm so happy and proud to be gay. And I'm like, oh, you're straight. Like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. It's so bad. But like, I'm, so, I'm proud of that. You know, it took me a long time to get there. But like, I'm never going to turn. I'm never looking back. I mean, okay. So she listens to this podcast. I'm sorry. I'm telling a story about your husband. 
Um, but one of my good friends, we watch um, Drag Race with her and she just texted us yesterday or last night and she was like, so a uh, quick story. My husband does not know what a candelabra is. <laughs> Me and my roommate Gina were like, wait, wait, what? How do you? I, I realize that I guess it doesn't come up much in straight culture, but like he'd never heard the word before and it blew my mind. And I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> and it's so hard watching even like- That's even beyond just like gay culture. Cause like, that's like, you can't watch movies. You can't watch the Phantom of the Opera or like anything <laughs> yeah. with peace film, you know? Yeah. I d- I mean, I even have trouble, I even have trouble watching like interior design shows or like home makeover shows that are straight people. Cause I'm like, do you have a reason for what you're doing? Or are you just like, like, <laughs> like I don't know. It seems so random, like the way they design things and the way they build a house, it seems so random to me. And I'm like, can you just do a little research first? <sighs> like, like why did you choose these colors why is everything white <laughs> oh, it, yeah like we're, but we're like why is it eggshell <laughs> why it's is tough. it like <laughs> yeah ivory oh um, my god or like every it. time someone is trying to describe any color they're like it's like a grayish pink i'm like it's mauve it's that's mauve <laughs> honey that's mauve <laughs> like Ugh, sometimes I forget that I'm gay oh or like sometimes I forget the people that are around me are straight and I like will say something so gay and they all just kind of look at me and are like what? What are you talking about? I'm like uh, oh shoot now I have to translate uh, <laughs> like the, the translating- but I don't know if it's better to like have to Sorry. translate or like then like the appropriation where like girls are like yes mama and I'm like shut up no yeah. don't no get that bachelorette oh, party out of here no I actually I will say when I'm performing I love the bachelorette parties more than I love the gays oh, I was just the gonna gays, say it's- the gays at a drag bar now are like they're like over it seen it where's the costume reveal where's the death and drop it's- not my mama and if you're talking about like annoying presumably straight girls it's never the bachelorette parties that are the issue it's the like the girl with the like smeared on bright eyeshadow that comes up to you and she's like i know every drag queen's name in town which is flattering mm-hmm. but also they're the ones that tend to be a little bit more clingy and you i never know how to deal with that because it's very flattering but it's also like how do we how do we how do we teach tact? I don't understand how to teach tact. But no, bachelorette parties are well, honestly the best. They're the best. There's drag they fans the and best. then there's drag race fans, you know? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they do. Like, like that's, when I, that's when I love the straight people that are, like, just gobsmacked at anything mm-hmm. new. Oh, yeah. Never seen it it's fresh. It's new. It's the people that are like over it that have seen it, you know, mm-hmm. that are like on their phones, and I'm like, get off your fucking phone and pay attention to me. Oh yeah, when but, I first, I mean, like that's that's hypocritical of me, where I'm like, this fuck, <laughs> like I'm like, fuck the straight people, and then I'm like, but actually, the bachelorette parties are great. So like, what do I know? <laughs> I think it's more the fuck the straight men. We don't like straight men. Uh, straight women can be fine. Um, <laughs> 
my one of my first gigs when I moved to New York was at Lips, and it was just a it was a tip spot because they were auditioning me, and um, obviously I didn't get it because uh, <laughs> I'm not. Lips making, is like the I'm not making well, money. It's the Olympics of drag. Like oh, it was so much fun though because I literally I made so much money from that tip spot because it's the only people that go are straight people going for their birthdays or bachelorette parties. And they're like, isn't this a gas that we're here at a drag <laughs> show? Not that they'd say it like that because they're straight, but, uh, and they're just like, have a 20, have another 20. I don't have any one. So here's a 10, here's a five. And I came away at the end of that show and I was like, could you please hire me? Like not even hire me. Just like bring me in once a week to do like a tip spot. I will, I will do any tip spot you want. (laughs) And I'm in there as the janitor mopping the floors. (laughs) Oh my God. I love drag brunch though. I went to um, Fresco's Cantina for my birthday and um, Hibiscus and Katrina Lovelace were performing and they just have such a good dynamic together. Nice. I've never been there. The only the only brunch in New York that I've been to is Gina's at, when she was doing brunch at the, the Liberty. And the then Liberty? I, that was such now, a good gig. That that's not true because I also gig. go to Gina's brunch that she does now at Bel Air Diner in Astoria. Shout out to Gina Tonic, Tears in the Headlights. Uh, it's very, very fun. Check out the Bel Air Diner online to see when the next one is because I am a bad friend and I don't know. Um <laughs> I lived on the street from Bel Air, but by the time I what? hear about it, it's like sold out. Or, I mean, I don't have a car, too, you know? I also was like completely agoraphobic during the pandemic. That's completely fair. No, they have some beautiful like outdoor seating now. Like, it's all like wooden furniture, wooden patio furniture. And like, oh, it's wonderful. It's- Will you let me know the next one or have Gina remind me? Because I can definitely, go. I can walk there. I, yeah. I can walk there in like three minutes. Oh, nice. I've been down there multiple times because I now walk dogs with WAG. So I've been getting a lot of business down there. <laughs> so I walk yeah, the two a, miles it's down there. It's a very good area. Yeah. Um, well, we are, we're coming up on the end of the episode. Um, oh, I want to restart. I want to restart my internet. <laughs> um, what, where can people Sorry, find you? saying my internet is unstable. I, same uh you can find me on instagram <laughs> on venmo both at the only trash queen that's t-h-e-o-n-l-y-t-r-a-s-h-q-u-e-e-n the only trash queen on instagram and venmo i'm terrible and- at social media though like it's it's bad it's I'm it's so okay. bad at it. I'm slowly I'm trying creative, to I'm very it. talented and I'm terrible <laughs> at, at the internet. Um, do you have any upcoming shows that you want to promote? Because this will this will go out on Wednesday. I have four shows a week. Wow. I have a Tuesday talk show called Trash Talk on Zoom. Uh, we have various topics every week. This coming week is Baby Drag, where I have two drag queens that have started doing drag in quarantine we're going to be getting ready together every wednesday i am at albatross bar in astoria um it's we do i used to have a game night where we would play like twister and beer pong and video games but i obviously can't do that right now during the quarantine so we're doing like a lot of jackbox but it's just like a very like social happy fun time together 
Um, it's really cute. I do numbers. Like it's it's actually a really great night. Wednesday at Albatross. Thursday I have a game night on Zoom where we play like charades, categories, scavenger hunts. Uh, Werewolf is really popular. Um, Thursdays on Zoom. I post all my flyers on um, Instagram too. And then every Saturday I have a show at Icon in Astoria um from like three to seven and then i'm the host in the evening the hostess in the evening so That's i awesome. i have four sh- yeah i can i supported myself through the pandemic on drag i'm That's so incredible. proud of myself it Way wasn't easy <laughs> but like the hustle you know but Wait, i still have no validation yeah. if i'm not on the race <laughs> right oh god i tried doing online drag for a while like i i was like i'm gonna keep producing a show online and it's going to be so like, it's going to be high quality, et cetera, et cetera. And then like, I did one and I was like, no, I'm not, no, that was yeah, too June, much work. <laughs> I think June, the first week of June will be a full year that I've done online shows. That's awesome. Yeah. I had to pivot really hard. Cause I was like, I mean, I went down in May. I had four shows in person a week. Mm-hmm. Like I had a drag race viewing. I had a movie night, um, a game night. And then just one after the other, I lost them all. Like back to back to back to back to back. And the last gig that I lost was Gina's brunch at the Liberty. Mm. And like, I lost all my four shows and I was like, well, at least I still got brunch. And Gina was like, no girl, it's done. And I was like, (laughs) fuck my life. And I was like, I had no clue what to do in April yeah, um, and May. It was rough. And then I was just like, you know what? I got to try this online. Like I got to make it work. Yeah, and then like now slowly things are getting back to into person but i kind of like the zoom stuff like i think i'm gonna keep at least one zoom show a week it's honestly really nice it's it's a lot more relaxed you only have to dress from the waist up and mm-hmm. <laughs> pajama pants i feel like rupaul uh-huh it's great <laughs> yeah. and like the crowd is really loyal i have a game night where there's like 25 people there that's incredible yeah like weekly and like and it's not always the same 25 it's like a rotating cast of people and they're they're really great to me which is good but like i've I've helped build a sense of community during quarantine you know i love that and i also think that people aren't gonna want to go back to in person right away i definitely enjoy not having any fomo um for like honestly because i'm the kind of person i'm i'm an introvert like truly and I hate going out. Like I hate being around, like I hate crowded clubs. It's just, is one of my like anxiety triggers. And so, but when I don't go out, I'm like, oh, well, I feel terrible because I'm missing people's shows and I'm not supporting my friends and I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that. And so it's been nice to just like sit at home and be like liking posts and watching videos. <laughs> Makes me feel better because I can support people and be there for them without being around yeah hundreds of drunk people (laughs) yeah the world is gonna be very different Mm -hmm. we literally witnessed like an evolution in our lifetime it's it's surreal yeah well thank you so much for joining me and for coming thank you for having me really quick before you cut me off you look amazing your haircut looks really good (laughs) um i'm really proud of your like fitness journey oh thank you it looks great you look really good thank you I appreciate it. Well, which you can't see at home, audience. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry about it. Sorry about it. Follow Vivian online and see what she looks like. (laughs) And see my one Instagram post that I've done in the last two weeks because I (laughs) 
have been like, I want to grow out a beard and take some cute boy pictures and then I'll shave it and do drag yeah. again. <laughs> get the scruff, yeah. get the scruff profile updated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we will yeah. see you all later. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Yeah Bud with Vivian Gabor. Tune in next week, same place, same time.